How are we doing this morning? Great. Just uh, want to mention uh, announcement. Uh, we have a church block party on the 23rd. I know we've been throwing up slides on that um, at 5.30 to 8.00. And there'll be food trucks out there and, and some games and things for the family. And so we just want to... I just lost everybody. So... Uh, <clears throat> We're still here. Oh, still here. All right. <clears throat> um, anyhow... Um, just so, well, just make a notation of that, and there's other things that are happening through the summer. Just met with the men this morning again, the men's team, and just uh, an exciting things that they have planned, and we'll be on, uh, uh, announcing those as those come forward. Well, without further ado, a couple of years ago, we had in missionaries Yuri and Tanya. How many of you remember that? It was at Blarby, August 2020, and we were at the old building, and and then after the service, we took them out to the property here, drove by, and said, someday, you know, someday we would be in the church, and we didn't know when. And so while I was talking with him on the phone the other day, and he's like, wait a minute, are you trying to say that you're in your new building now? I said, yeah, the worst time to build, when everyone was hunkered down, full of fear, church doors were locked shut, we built a church building. <laughs> Hallelujah. God built it. God built it. And he knew. And so we're just so excited to have them again, and they're out of Bethel uh, Church in, in Reading, and, and Tanya does prophetic ministry in Yuri, and I, I know Yuri going back for the early trips in Ukraine, uh, <clears throat> the best, hands down, interpreter. I mean, like, if I preached with passion, he would preach with passion. I'm like, this guy's good, and uh, really, and such a passion for the Lord, and they're, they're like... 150% sold in for Jesus. And so that's the people we want to have in the church. Amen. I've taken myself personally 13 trips over about a 12-year period to Ukraine, all over the country. We all know that that country is in uh, a horrific war, a horrific war, uh, and the tragedies that are there are happening daily. So I'm going to give this over to them and let them share. And then after they're done, we want to... We want to take up a special offering for them and bless them. Amen? And everything you give in that offering will go towards uh, uh, helping and blessing them uh, in, in the ministry of Ukraine. And then they would like to minister to some people at the end and pray as the Lord leads. So with all of that, let's welcome Yuri and Tanya Dinder. Thank you so much. We're such a joy to be here with you. We feel like we are home. <laughs> I don't know. It's such an amazing feeling and such a miracle of God that we were less than two years staying on this field and understanding. And where the uh, and Pastor Michael and Pastor Ronda was saying the stage is gonna be over there, and the, and we were like. The stage is over there. <laughs> we we're trying to imagine that. And here we are, less than two years. The amazing, beautiful building. Thank you. Wow. This is, thank you, Jesus, for amazing miracle. We feel like this is a miracle of God. In, in the middle of everything that's happening, you guys are amazing. God is a miraculous God, but you guys your hearts, your generous hearts made this um, dream 
possible and real, and this is amazing. This is encouraging. I think so many people right now are praying for buildings, and you got your miracles. We're with you guys, and we, we're celebrating such a joy with you. I have the mic. Okay, you okay. have. <laughs> we saw the field, we saw the trees, and subconsciously I thought, well, maybe years, but maybe seven, eight years, they're gonna finish something. <laughs> Literally, we've never seen, you know, churches raised so quickly like this particular building. This is a special grace upon you. Absolute special grace upon you. Pastor Michael, Pastor Ronda, you're amazing leaders here. We are so honored to be here because uh, when first Pastor Mike came to our country, we, uh, that was the first Italian I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw him praying like a lion. <laughs> and I was like, yes! <laughs> we were so, so, so we, was, we were really young Christians and we didn't have any examples of um, older people than we are because we came to the Lord, someone preached to us and then he, uh, he uh, and you know this story, I don't want to repeat this story, uh, uh, Peter Mel came to our uh, country and he preached and we came to Jesus. And Peter was coming back and forth, and and we saw like him as an example, and those American missionaries that we are forever thankful, because through uh, like this um, amazing people who left their comfort, and you know, when you before you go to Ukraine, you didn't understand what this comfort is, <laughs> but when you go there, and we understand how how such a big price you guys paid to go there, to stay there, to be with us, to teach us, to preach to us, to fire that fire in us. And even now we felt like we owe to the world because someone left their country. Someone left, like spent their money to go. That's why we feel right now that this is our turn. And after being here in America and learning uh, many um, like different places in uh, Battle uh, School of Ministry felt like we we're called back to Ukraine and we're going back to Ukraine because we've, we know that people of, uh, there lost and without the, the Christ is the only hope. Yeah. Christ is the only hope. And we are waiting right now this terrible war to finish and we believe that we'll go after the war back to Ukraine and we will start ministering there and we'll be on your place coming and inspiring people, giving them hope, giving them faith because without him we don't have life. Without Jesus we don't have life. So we're very thankful. Pastor Ronda, Pastor Michael, thank you so much. Yeah, a few words about Ukraine. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's share, no, both of us, let's share oh, okay. just a few words that you would understand how to pray for our country. Because for many people, it's a, such a confusion what's going on there. There's so many different streams of news, and one, you know, news speak one thing, another channel speaks another thing. So, uh, Tanya has two sisters with all their family living in Ukraine. 
So we are almost daily on the phone, so we know firsthand what's going on. Plus, we have many friends, of course, who are very actively helping on the ground. So we know um, the news, not from the news, <laughs> but we know the news from the people. And that's actually what you can trust these days. You know, only trusted friends who you know, put something on social media and you know who they are, and you can trust those. So briefly, um, we think it's a pure genocide what's going on. It's absolute injustice what's going on. So Ukraine does not have nationalists who are oppressing Russian-speaking population. That's what propaganda from Russia is speaking loudly for the last eight years. That in Ukraine there are nationalists and near-fascists and, and other groups that are really oppressing Russian-speaking population. This is all lie. In Ukraine, there's no nationalists who are controlling or oppressing or even more shooting to people. No, our president is a Jewish man and he hates even the concept of nationalism. And uh, so long story short, uh, we believe it's complete injustice what's yeah. going on. And there's no even question about uh, who is right who is wrong. We know Ukrainians are protecting their own territory. And we know God is on our side. <laughs> because the country is being invaded unjustly. So we can boldly pray that the victory of Ukrainians would come quicker. You want to answer? And it's interesting that in 2014 they started, uh, Russian invasion started there. At, uh, then, and it's interesting that all this, their um, um, like their line, stopped exactly when the monument of Lenin was um, like there is like closer to Russia territories, and th on those territories, um, people didn't like was was not that radical to put like down the statue of Lenin, Lenin statue. Do you know who's Lenin? Yeah. He was crazy guy who brought all that part of the world to craziness of communism that actually killing people like in Ukraine because of the artificial Holodomor, artificial hunger. Our country uh, lost like five million people from artificial Holodomor, artificial hunger that Stalin made it because Ukraine didn't want to be part of Soviet Union. And that's why they were burning all, all the food from the field just for people to die. My, my grandmother lost nine children, nine children, because, just because of the hunger. And they did it uh, like artificial. They burned all the food just to, for its 32, 33rd year. So Ukraine remembers how to live under communism. Uh, this is oppression. This is we. I remember that you feel like you are lost. You feel like people are, are controlling some people in the controlling, and that's it. You are not a person. You're just like somewhere in the system who controls that, uh, and people in the party controls everything. So, and it's interesting to see that in those regions where uh, statue of Lenin staying, Russians. Came there and they have the, those territories. So Russians could occupy 
just those pieces of Ukraine where the monuments of communistic leaders are still present. So, and they cannot go any further. Yeah. Ukrainian, Ukrainian troops stop them there. And right now, like Kherson and those Mariupol, that those territories that they took back, like fighting right now under occupation, they first what they did, they put the statue of Lenin of communistic leaders back. And we see it's like spiritual, we are spiritual people, right? And we can see that it's like darkness of communism trying to take back Ukraine and make it again under the control of KGB, like Putin is KGB. And, and uh, he wants Soviet Union back. He wants controlling system back. And, but we know that God is with, with us and we will win because God is with us. The only reason, because God is with us, because God wants people to be free from communism. And I heard like uh, some people told me that somewhere in America also people think that communism is a good idea. Guys, we lived under that. This is demonic slavery, slavery of mind, slavery of soul, slavery of the nations. So we believe that God gave America freedom. It was bought like with a huge price and we'll stay in, you, you, America will stay in that freedom. And we are thankful right now. And th from the heart of our people, we understand if America would not support us, Russia already invaded Ukraine. That would be the truth. Ukraine would be you know, completely under, under control yes. of Russia. And that's why we, what I want to say, just thank you from our people. Thank you from our nation that you, I know that it's hard right now with this uh, prices of all, uh, gas and we all kind of like suffering, but you, your country, America is right now, help us to fight for freedom. And we are so thankful. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, and our president Zelensky, uh, it's interesting, as soon as he came to power, um, first thing he did as he proclaimed the Communistic Party illegal, and he started cleaning the territories from monuments of Lenin, Stalin, all communistic leaders, and renaming all the communistic names of the streets back to the old names. And those territories that he managed to clean, those territories are standing strong right now. So there's such an obvious spiritual line that is right now in Ukraine. So it is a spiritual battle. It is not just physical. So that's why we ask you every time Holy Spirit reminds you about Ukraine, that you would pray for the major victory uh, in, in, in that war, that Ukraine would push back from all the territories that Russians occupy right now, that Crimea would be Ukrainian again, and all the territories would, uh, territories, uh, would be freed completely. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, hallelujah. I've got something for you from the Lord. I'm so excited. So let's put it up if it's okay, if it's possible. Yeah, that's the first slide. Thank you. I need space. Can you please open with me Matthew 25? Matthew 25, and we'll look at the verses 31 through 36. 
If you don't have a Bible, I have it here. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. Can you imagine? Second coming of Jesus, amazingly, gloriously, He will sit on His throne. All the nations, um, hard to imagine how many billions of people, will be gathered before Him. And he will separate the people from, uh, will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. This is one of the scriptures that I was really struggling with for quite a few years. Because really radical things are happening here. But let's, let's go further. Uh, okay. Then the king will say to those on his right. Remember what the sheep are? Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Look, please, look at, this is my highlighting. Look at the words Jesus says about himself. I was hungry, I was thirsty. I was a stranger, I needed clothes, I was sick, I was in prison. How could this be that Jesus was hungry? He is almighty God, king of the universe, sustainer of all things. And he says about himself, I was hungry, I was, oh sorry, that's too early, too early. <laughs> I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was a stranger, I needed clothes. How Jesus could need clothes? I was sick, how he can be sick? But he says about himself, I was in prison. So, in other words, he says, I had a need that I could not solve myself. And then he says, then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invited you in or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go visit you? The king will reply, verse 40. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Let's read it again. Oops. Let's read it again. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So, for example, I have three boys of mine over here. Uh, Mark, Robert, and Richard. If somebody does something to them, I would literally feel that it was done for me. 
because they are my children. Something much more deeper happening when we speak about these verses. Because Jesus not just identifies himself with his children. His children are part of Jesus. We are part of the body of Christ. So when we help brothers and sisters, we help Jesus. I know it's a little bit not logical to our physical world, but please listen spiritually. When we help each other, we help Jesus. Two amens. I heard two amens. <laughs> Let me repeat it again. When we help each other, we help Jesus himself. Okay, let's go a little further. Then he will say to those on his left, remember goats? Those were sheep and these are goats. Depart from me. Oops. This is radical. This is really radical. You who are cursed. You who are cursed. Crazy word. Into the eternal fire. Wow, wow, wow. Prepared for the devil. Listen, this is, this is radical. And his angels. Why? Why such a loving God sends people into eternal fire? For I was hungry. And you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. And you did not invite me in. I needed clothes. And you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison. And you did not look after me. Look at these words. I was hungry, again, the yellow ones. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I needed clothes. I was sick, Jesus repeats. I was, uh, all of this, we, we read, let's go quicker. They also will answer, Lord, okay, we don't understand. When, uh, how, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing cl clothes? or sick or in prison and did not help you. He will reply, verse 45, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So, two verses, verse 40 and 45, conclude this idea. The way you treat one another, uh, the way you treat one of the least of these, this is the way you treat me. So let's sit a, a few minutes on this concept. So Jesus says, you worship me, you say nice words to me, this is amazing. But then if you do not treat the least of these, when they need something yes. and you do not pay attention, you ignore the need. Yes. Yep. That's, that's how you treat me. Yes. And the other way around, if you notice the need, if you notice the person who cannot solve his own need and you participate, that's how you treat 
me. So this concept is, uh, there's such a beautiful, amazing dynamics that we can treat Jesus, not, we can do something for Jesus, not just when we pray or worship. We can do something literally for Him everywhere, <laughs> everywhere all the time. Uh, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So Jesus is pointing to us the truth that He is His people. Um, can you please close your eyes? And let's do this mental exercise that I believe Holy Spirit will, will put His images. Your brothers and sisters that you know, everyone who's sitting around you right now, can you imagine them as a part of the body of Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us to imagine this, that you are my brother and sister. You are the church. We are all one body. We are connected. You are everyone who we see here. We are all part of you. Remember this story when Saul was going, I will not read all of this, you remember, when he was going to Damascus and then he was persecuting the church and Jesus told him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute? He never said, my church. He said, why do you persecute me? So we see this concept in the, in the New Testament that he calls himself me, People, church is me, or army, what's the right word? Who are you, Lord? So asked. I am Jesus, who you persecute. And let's look at the another uh, scripture that co uh, confirms the same. Um, uh, come on. This, um, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you as a part. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Paul says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So we are all part of the body of Christ. Amen. We are all in the same body. Okay, let's go further. Needs of the believers. His needs. Somebody is hungry in the body of Christ. We can say biblically that Jesus is hungry. If somebody is thirsty in the body of Christ, we can say Jesus is thirsty. Do you see this? Yeah. I'm not inventing anything. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> thinking of something weird concepts. So we can see that somebody is a stranger or misplaced. Jesus needs a roof. So Jesus has needs, in other words. That's a concept that I had it was really hard for me to understand how God can have needs. But we see in the New Testament that he brings us to this understanding that Jesus has needs every day because his body has needs. Somebody needs clothes, Jesus needs clothes. Somebody is sick, Jesus is sick. He calls himself sick. 
It's hard to imagine, but he calls himself sick. Somebody's in prison, Jesus says, I am in prison. So somebody is in the fight for his life. Jesus is in the fight for his life. And that's, of course, I, I continuously think about Ukraine, that the body of Christ is fighting for their lives right now. So we can say Jesus is in the fight for his life in Ukraine. And when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they themselves gathered together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in the law? Jesus declared, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang onto these two commandments. In the New Testament, these two commandments is actually one. Because love the Lord your God. And then Jesus says, your brothers and sisters are me. So love God and love God. <laughs> it's the same commandment. Love God and love God. Love the body of Christ. A new commandment, uh, that's John 13, I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you also must. This is harsh word. Must. This is something we don't see often in the New Testament. The word must. But in this place, it is a must. Love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love between believers became the first tool of a New Testament evangelism. So this concept is so fresh in the New Testament that Jesus presented. That love uh, one another as I have loved you. The same way God loves us. He says the same way you love one another. It was so new. The whole concept of wow. Is it possible to have such a love between each other? Is it possible to take care of each other such a level? And then Jesus said guys. That's how revival comes. Amen. That's how everyone will know that I present. When they see that you love each other in a such a heavenly way. When you know the needs of each other. When you participate in solving the needs of each other. When you love each other practically. When you follow this commandment, love God and love God. <laughs> then everybody will be shocked and the whole city will know. Wow, there's something amazing happening in the church for the harvest. Uh, the idea I want to uh, bring to you. Um, okay, let's go further. Practical application. I always thought, okay, so we need to love each other. Practically, what do I do? Should I just help everyone? Obviously not. How should I operate in this commandment? 
that I would feel that I'm doing everything I can. And I would always struggle in this. And the way God taught me how to live practically in this commandment is to ask Jesus questions daily. According to this place of scripture, we can say that these are biblical prayers. Jesus, where are you hungry today? And I ask that question and I wait for the answer. <laughs> I wait for his response. Jesus, where are you thirsty today? Jesus, where do you need clothes today? Jesus, where are you sick today? Jesus, where are you in prison today? Because he feels something. He feels the hunger. He feels the thirst somewhere in the body of Christ. He feels something negative because he is the body. So he feels something. And if I connect my heart with his heart and try to feel what he feels, then I know what to do, how to love somebody in the body of Christ. If I just live by the principle, okay, I have to love everyone. This is unbearable. It's unbearable. What do you do? There's thousands of needs around. And then we try and we get stuck and then we kind of forget about the whole commandment, <laughs> love one another. So if we just stay close to his heart and ask him daily, okay, Jesus, where do you have a need today? Where in your body there is a need that you want to show me? And then Jesus will show you something that you can solve. He will not show you something unbearably hard that you cannot do. He will show you, oh, there is a Lucy, the neighbor. Have you seen her recently? She is so depressed. Just help her out. Hmm. Okay. And then look uh, what's happening. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verse, uh, that's we, we skipped it a little bit. Um, let me show you where's that verse. This is my commandment. And then verse 13, greater love has no one than this. And verse 14, Jesus says, you are my friends. That's John 15. You are my friends if you do what I command you. So when we pray and we feel the assignment, come and help, let's say, Lucy. If we do that, we solve the need of Jesus, then he's like, oh, that's my friend. Because he does what I command. He does what I tell him about the particular individual. And that person becomes the friend of God. Amen. Guys, this is um, what, what, what I feel really strongly. That this building, God gave you as a powerful vehicle of revival. Amen. This is a building for the harvest. <laughs> this is not the church. You are the church. So this is the building for the harvest. But how this harvest would multiply is when every one of us participate in this lifestyle. Not just pastors, not just leaders, 
but everyone daily, Jesus, where do you have need today? And then you wait for the answer. For example, once um, I, I prayed, I prayed this prayer quite a while, and then I felt Holy Spirit put on my heart, call your, uh, it's not my uncle, it's, um, it's like my relative in, in New York. He, um, he's married to, okay, my grandmother, her brother, it's his family. So kind of far relatives, but like three stages relatives. He was sick with cancer, fourth, uh, fourth stage cancer. And I felt that I need to connect with him. I started talking on the phone and I felt that he's really ready for salvation, like, like ripe, uh, because he felt the danger of death, obviously. Uh, he felt that he might die any, any week. Doctors couldn't do nothing already. And he was absolutely blind all his life. No, I think from the age nine, he lost the sight completely. So he was around 60 years old. And I felt like God is giving me assignment to disciple him. So I started calling every day. Every day we talked. I shared everything I, I felt in my heart to share with him. He got saved. Then... We met in Florida. I baptized him and his wife uh, in the ocean. Then they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They became really like radical for the Lord. And at the same time, the, his doctor was constantly surprised. Why you are not dying? <laughs> and of course, we prayed for the healing. But again, after a few months, the sickness progressed and he died. But I felt like... I felt like I did that little assignment that I received from Jesus to disciple him. And he was like, I was in California, he was in New York. It was like completely out of my, um, out of my circle. Like I, I had nothing from doing that. Not even directly or indirectly. It was just pure, just doing it for Jesus. But I felt like that's one of the cases that Jesus will tell me one day. I was sick and you visited me. Amen. And I was like, thank you. That's a, such a privilege to, well, to disciple that particular man. Uh, my grandmother, um, once my grandfather was sick with tuberculosis. And um, it was right after Second World War, poverty everywhere. And uh, he barely died. And after the operation, after all the procedures, doctors told my grandma, you need to give him lots of good nutrition, you know. And they gave her the whole list of food that he needs to eat. And otherwise, he will not recover. So she started bringing three times a day something to the hospital to feed him because hospitals were really poor. They couldn't even feed uh, patients. So three times a day she would come and bring some, you know, some good food, protein and soups. And, and then she noticed that there is another man in the same room and he's always alone. Because some visitors are constantly coming to other patients. But with this man, there was nobody around him ever. 
And so she asked the doctor, like, what's going on with this person? And he said, we did everything we could, but he's dying. And my grandma said, and why he's dying? And the doctor said, because there's nobody who can bring him good food, and we cannot provide good food for him. He doesn't have a wife like your husband has a wife. So nobody feeds him, and he's going to probably die because he's getting weaker and weaker. And my grandma decided to bring two portions of meals <laughs> to my grandfather and to this man daily, three times a day. And it was like she was borrowing money, she was doing everything she could, but just to cook for two of them. And after two and a half or three months, when my grandfather was already strong enough, he started walking, that man started walking as well. And then when my grandfather was already ready to be dismissed, or what's the word? Discharged. Discharged then that man kissed my grandmother's feet. And he said, if you would not bring this food, I, I know I would be dead already. And my grandma would always share this story. And it was like a reward, God-given reward in her heart. Even while she was alive, she was like, I helped that man. You know, such a simple thing to notice somebody who has a need. Such a simple thing. But that is the first ministry that we are called to do, is to solve simple needs. Somebody is waiting for the microphone and the stage and the big audiences. But the ministry starts from just... Holy Spirit, Jesus, where are you hungry today? And then you follow what you feel inside. You follow the commandment. You follow the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. And church, I know this is the way for big revival. When all of you start loving each other and other people in the church with this prophetic love, prophetic solving of needs people will be amazed wow how did you know that i need this wow you came at such a right time into my life wow i really needed help and you provided it for me how did you know that i need this it would be so many prophetic examples of god's love to people through you and i know uh this building um, it's, a, it's a manifestation, you know, for you how desperately God wants to help the whole city through you. Amen. That's why God has given you this vehicle. Every room would be filled. Every hour would be filled in this, in this building. Every day of the week there will be meetings and gatherings here. Every one of you would start doing something for other people and will be asking Pastor Mike, like, can I have that room, please? Can I have that room for this time of the, of the week? I see that this, the schedule of this building would be filled every day of the week. Uh, that's how amazing revival God prepared for this place. So now, I will not leave you without asking you to do something practical right now. So, it's illegal now to take your phone, go to the notes, 
And let's ask Holy Spirit right now, what today you can do through this whole message where Jesus has a need today, where he is hungry today. So as we pray right now, and Holy Spirit will drop into your heart a certain face or a person or a neighbor or maybe a person who is in another state, maybe a sick person who is in another country, um, please write that down. Just one name. I'm not asking for more. Just one person. Okay? Is that okay? Can we do this? Okay, let's, let's close our eyes. Let's focus. Jesus, thank you for giving us amazing privilege to solve your needs. So we pray right now, show every one of us, where are you hungry today? Where are you thirsty today? Show every person in this room where you have a need today that we can solve. Holy Spirit, I pray, give us the face or a name or maybe a city or maybe a state or maybe a country that we need to pray for. Holy Spirit, we pray that something practical would be written in everyone's notes. In Jesus' name. And you can start writing it down. You can start writing it down and you can show it to somebody. You can share it with somebody. You can show it to your friend or a wife or husband. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel that some of you, you're getting the faces of a sick people and you're getting this inward feeling that I do need to visit them. Please don't hesitate. Text them tonight. Ask them, hey guy, can I visit you one day? Is that okay if I show up one of the days of the week? I know it's sometimes against American culture to kind of invite yourself to somebody's house. <laughs> but, yes. but in this case, when Holy Spirit puts it on your, yes. on your heart, like, I'm sick, I need you to visit me. In this case, it's legal. Yes. <laughs> it's legal to say like, hey, I, I really feel like dropping something to you. Can I just dr drive through your place and just drop something and bring a little gift and and then Holy Spirit will lead you what to do else. Um, also, I feel um, some of you are getting faces of just your neighbors that you never talk to. <laughs> um, and Holy Spirit is like, talk to them. Even just that word, talk to them, that's from the Lord. Just receive it as the word from the Lord. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for miracles that's going to happen as we serve these people. We thank you for testimonies even next Sunday of people who would experience your love through everyone in this place. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I, I felt like um, there is some person who has problems with the inner, um, I don't know, I think pancreatic, pancreatic, no, pancreatic, um, and I feel like Holy Spirit is on you and he's healing you. And thank you, thank you, Jesus, for your touch. Thank you for healing of pancreatic or somewhere close to pancreatic. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's or pancreatic or something that uh, organ that is close to pan pancreatic. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that you're uh, touching and you are miracle makers and you make this. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for supernatural healing. Jesus name hallelujah thank you Jesus and I also feel uh, like um, it's a woman and you have uh, like recently you started to have uh, like on your mind you feel like your mind is not yours like bad thoughts or negative thoughts like coming like never before and uh, and you started to even like I see the picture like you think that you're something like crazy like uh, but it's it's uh, it's just the attack, and in Jesus' name, we proclaim freedom from this attack. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, thank you that you're touching right now. Thank you, Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for supernatural healing, supernatural healing, supernatural touch. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Keda shagadesia. Linda sore bashakaya. Oh, in the shikia setidia. Oh, in de lakadi. And I see the one couple that uh, you have, like, right now, very intensive relationship. Like, in your relationship, like, um, tension. Tension in your relationship, yes. Hallelujah. And even like thoughts about divorcing in Jesus' name. It's a darkness that attacking your family. Like God says who, that he brought you together. <laughs> and, and you guys, you can't imagine. You will have honeymoon again. <laughs> honeymoon again. Honeymoon again. I see like the touch of the Holy Spirit on this couple. And you will have like brand new... Um, like I, I see you been in married um, in marriage, but right now you will feel like you are in love again for each other, because you you will turn to each other and listen to each other. And I see that it you will not do by you try to do it by your your power. You try to uh, like hold like hold your relationship, but I see that the Holy Spirit touching your relationship. The Holy Spirit touching your family. The Holy Spirit is coming into your house with peace. 
with the love, with integrity, with like a decision to be together. And on that decision is coming new love for each other in Jesus' name. And I see like your children, your children, they right, right now, um, for them, it's going to be a huge testimony that you will be together, that you will love, your love for each other. love for each other will be huge testimony and it's healing for hearts of your children in Jesus name thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah and uh, a young person I see a young person who has like um, terrific uh, nightmares nightmares and you wake up and you're afraid and paralyzed and feeling like not yourself. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit is touching you right now. Holy, touch, Holy Spirit is touching you right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your reality. Thank you that you are God of love. Love this person. And you will, uh, I see like you get revelation. You, you get revelation. Of God's goodness, you'll get revelation of God's love to you. Thank you, Lord, that this uh, tormenting experience is ending in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that a revelation of God's love is coming to the life of this person in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And I also see that, um, like a child, probably four-year-old, three, four-year-olds with some chron chronic disease. Thank you, Jesus, that you're touching that child right now. Oh, if you if you know that person, just start to pray for them. Uh, if it's um, someone in the church or your relatives, could be some relatives of people who are here. In Jesus' name, we, we are blessed, this child. In Jesus' name, really supernatural healing. Supernatural healing. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are real and you are touching this child. And we're thankful for your healing for this child. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for the healing. Healing. Healing for this child. In Jesus' name. Uh, Matthew 25, verse 40. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, I feel like this is directly to our children. Whatever we are doing for our children, we are doing it for him. We are feeding Jesus when we feed our children. We are helping Jesus when we're helping our children. This is how important it is. And when we do not know how to help, we can pray, Holy Spirit, what's the best way how I can feed you today? What's the best way I can help you today? In the eyes of my child, how can I help you? And prophetically ministering to our children, solving their today's needs, that would be so effective. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that the, every one of us, we will be serving you 
more and more daily. Lord, I proclaim that this body, this amazing church is serving this city. I proclaim that this uh, church is not just a building, it's people and everyone is actively collecting the harvest for you. Everyone is collectively doing something amazing for the city. Lord, we thank you for revival in this place. We thank you for everyone who is here participating actively in, in what you are doing in this city. In Jesus' name.